Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's the best friends forever. Best friends forever. Fantasy, best friends forever. Number 42, Mariano Rosario. Yeah! This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network alongside Frankie Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, bud? Greggy, I had to do my best Jim Day impersonation coming in today. Obviously had the Metallica. That's my Jim Day impersonation. There you go. <laughs> had the Metallica going uh, to represent Mariano Rivera. First unanimous Hall of Famer. Obviously going to be a very uh, polarizing topic on Twitter. Some people debating... Um, he should not be the uh, the first unanimous Hall of Famer because he's a closer. Everyone has their thoughts, so on and so forth. Doesn't matter. He's the best closer of all time. He's in the Hall of Fame, and rightfully so. So I thought we would celebrate that with a little intro, Greggy. I love how it's, when I talk about the Yankees yesterday, I started off the show, you're like, oh, of course Greg talked about the Yankees. And there's Frank putting an intro in, not only wearing, folks, a Yankees Bernie Williams jersey, but you can also take a look at his pinstripe socks that he's put on. Ah. Uh. With the blue, with the matching sneakers, of course. That's right, baby. There you go. There you go. I, was, well, I don't I, draft in fantasy <clears throat> baseball based on whether you're a Yankee or not, Greg. I'm I was allowed pumped. to get excited about Mariano Rivera making the Hall of Fame. I was pumped for Mo. I was pumped um, that it mattered to him so much to be the unanimous, which was really cool seeing Martino's video, which we probably should play, by the way. Did you ever cut that for us? No, I thought you guys were going to use it on the morning after. Yeah, but we need you to cut it to make that happen. You didn't remind me. Oh. I was here for two hours, Greg. You never brought it up. Thought you thought you did it. I thought Alex reminded you. <laughs> nope. All right. My be. <laughs> it happens, man. It's a miscommunication on our part. But yeah, our guy Martino was yeah. there. If you've um, seen the video on Twitter, it's from Martino. It's like if you see the awesome. live reaction to Mariano getting the call, that's from our guy Martino, a video producer here at the Fantasy Sports Network. He helps out, uh, helps out with the morning show a lot. Obviously, helps you out with in the NBA. Yeah. In the morning. Yep. Um, and yeah, he was there to, uh, our, to film Mariano. He was uh, our executive football. producer of college football today, all, all season long. Awesome. So uh, yeah, Martino. Um, Alex, when are you interviewing Roger Clemens or something? Uh, I'll get back to you on that. All right, appreciate it, bud. Roger Clemens, who's not in the Hall of Fame, Greg, and never will be because he was a steroid abuser. Blah, blah, blah. It, certainly seem, it certainly seems to be the case, uh, at least for now. Are they going to get in? Uh, if you look at what Jeff Passan like, is running yesterday, they're like slow, like incrementally. So climbing. they didn't. That was the problem. But so based on the based on how slowly they're building, right? I think what do they have left? Like three years. So left they each, they have three years left, but there was no jump from last year to this year. There wasn't like an increase. Like with Kurt Schilling, it was like two or three percent, but like it wasn't enough. drastic enough. Exactly. Yeah, and so Jeff, it only moves two or three percent. Basically, everybody year. that like you read, like all like the John Hamans, the Ken Rosenthal's, and so on and so forth. Um, they're on those ballots. It's all the private people that keep their ballots private that do not vote for them. And Jeff Fasson interviewed 15 of them. Um, and basically, they all said, we're not even, we'll never change our mind. You cannot get us. And it's going to be very, very tough, unfortunately. And these never, are like the 80-year-old guys who are like... 
Well, I mean, the steroids are home, steroids like, are a little bit different. Like that, they weren't like the get off my lawn guys. That was, you know, I'm not going to vote for Mariano Rivera, so I'm not even submitting. So, who are the people who are not voting for steroid abusers? Those types. I don't, I, yes, it's the, it's the old guys, and it's just it's certain people that don't believe steroid abusers should get in. I, I don't hate that logic as so much as I hate like the guy that didn't want to vote for Mariano. Like, that was just stupid. Okay, so then why is Bud Selig in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> I agree. It's hypocritical. <laughs> you can't have one without the other. I'm you know, with you. Like he, you know, oh, closed an eye to what was going on in baseball, but it also drove to like the best ratings, television rate. Like look at where television ratings are now with baseball. Nobody wants to watch baseball. Nobody wants to talk about baseball. But during that time, as we, the, as we can spend the next day talking about baseball. In the 90s, in the early 2000s, that's when, I mean, you could argue baseball was at its peak, right? 100%. 100%. Absolutely. Dig the long ball. It did. So did dudes, apparently. Everybody like everybody likes home runs except for except for the dudes that have these uh, Hall of Fame ballots. Apparently, well, it wasn't about the home runs, Frank. It's about the, the way they achieved that. Okay, but Barry Bonds was still one of the best baseball players, even when like yeah, you can fi- like you can find the time uh, in his long timeline of like MLB career when he started using steroids, even up until that point. If you just kind of take what he was doing and extrapolate it, he's still a Hall of Famer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not even close. And that's why he continues to get votes. Although his head was like three times bigger than it was. In that, that's why he continues <laughs> to get votes, and Roger Clemens continues to get votes, and a guy like Sammy Sosa does not, because Sammy Sosa's numbers are ridiculous. But they think that if you took the stories away from Sammy Sosa, he would be terrible. But Sammy Sosa was like, he did every trick in the book, right? Didn't he have like the cork bat and like everything else you could think of? Sure, absolutely. Manny Ramirez failed multiple tests. I, wrote, I actually wrote an article about this. Uh, not an article. I wrote... Um, an essay about this in college, Greg, which which really grinded my gears about like the logic with the Baseball Hall of Fame and kind of like how um, PEDs and steroids are like the worst thing that ever happened. What about the guys who were using like amphetamines in the sixties and the seventies? Sure, of and course. They, like you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Were, they're they're not to the same level performance enhancing drugs as steroids. But at the time, to- at but the time, still sure, performance enhancing. Drugs. These guys put amphetamines in their coffee every morning in, in in the clubhouse in order to wake up to get a jolt for the day to get to get hyped up for their baseball game. You know, they were using performance enhancing drugs as well. It's just like, come on, dude. You're preaching to the choir, man. I'm, like, I'm on your side here. Well, I need to get it off my chest. Okay. We never really talked about it. I understand. I understand. But it just pisses me off. Doc Holliday gets in, as does Edgar moment, Martinez and Mike Messina. All of them get into the Hall of Fame this year. Very nice class. Next year's class will be interesting. Derek Jeter, uh, the only big name that is joining the ballot. How do you put Mike Messina in the Hall of Fame and not Roger Clemens? I don't know. All right, I'm done, Greg. Sure. You go. <laughs> sure. Messina's going in as an Oreo, right? How, is that, was that announced? I'm not officially... I don't think, but I, when I saw them like tweet out the photos of like the players in their jerseys, it was Messina in Orioles uniform. All right, so, so I kind of assumed. So I would assume so too. And I'm, I'm okay. Make an ass out of you and me. I'm okay, and I'm okay with that. By the way, as a Yankee fan, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Doesn't bother me. Come on, we, you know, the, not every Yankee, not every guy has to go in as a Yankee. Mariano Rivera, actually, the first Yankee uh, that was either drafted by the team or signed uh, signed as a free not a free agent, signed as a amateur. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the Yankees to go into the Hall of Fame um, since 1974, actually. Mm. So it's a little long. And that was voted in. going to have um, back-to-back years of that. You know that. Yeah, that's correct. Finally. Derek Jeter next year. It's been a long time coming. It's been a long time coming. Can't wait for the, uh, for the Derek Jeter haters to come out next year as well. If he was a Pittsburgh Pirate, would he be a first ballot Hall of Famer? Cutting some slack. 
By the way, Kyrie Irving out again tonight, by the way. Really? Terry Rozier all the way. Terry Rozier from DFS, NBA DFS tonight. Also, while we're kind of getting things off our chest, I'm not going to I'm not gonna I, pick I, up. I, I don't think it's us getting things off I think it's just you it's getting me. things off our chest. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm chilling here. I didn't wake up on the wrong side of the bed. I slept oh, on the, the same seem, side of the bed that I do every single day. You seem to right coming in. But there. Yeah. I'm not going to start a fight with the Frenzy guys again oh, and Corey Parsons and so on this? and so forth. But, come on, Corey. You know, you, you lead off the show yesterday. Oh, I'm talking about hard hit rates and oh, putting me to sleep. Someone on the network has to talk about fantasy baseball. We are the Fantasy Sports Network. And obviously transitioning into gambling and gaming as well. But somebody on the network has to talk about fantasy baseball. We're not just going to sit here and act like it doesn't exist. You can't talk about fantasy baseball without talking about the sabermetric stats. Like, it's just... You can't do it nowadays. But what we can yeah, do we'll is... We'll talk do, about the back of the baseball card, ERA. What we can and do... average and home runs. But Greg, yeah. we take it a step further. We tell you why an average will go up or down. Based on Babbitt, based on hard hit rates, you know, fly ball rates. Well, what I'm saying is what we can do better, Frank, is explain what those things mean and why they're important. We will. That's what we can do better. That we will do. All right. So let's get into it for today. I had a lot of fun on yesterday's show. So today we wanted to do more of the same. Some other players that have changed teams over the past couple of months that you maybe didn't know or maybe just forgot about, as I have, in all honesty. One of them's a Greggy guy, or seems to be a Greggy guy early on here. Well, this, well the, one of these guys is a Greggy guy for sure, because I have him on my team every year. He's a BFF guy. And the other one, as I... Well, now I'm confused. Dip my toe into the water. <laughs> I have Carlos Santana every year, dude. Oh, Carlos Santana. Yeah. As I dip my toes into the water, though... I walked in the other day, you're like, oh, I'm going to draft Gene Segura. I was with my guy. I'm sorry. getting to that, dude. Sorry. As I've dipped my toes into the water here and started some fantasy baseball research, I'm like, you know what? I think I really like Gene Segura this year. And Frank turned to me and gives me this. A very confident head shake. Yes. It's made me think I was on the right track with some of the research I was doing. Uh, like I said, really just... Kind of diving in slowly and finding some guys that I really like. Gene Segura being one of them. His teammate, Reese Hoskins, this morning uh, being another. But let me start with Segura, who is now a member of the Philadelphia Phillies here. And he was traded over to Philadelphia for who, Frank? He was traded for... I mean, this was a pretty complicated trade at the time. But let's see. It was Gene Segura, Juan Nicasio, and James Pazos to the Phillies. Carlos Santana and J.P. Crawford... Went to Seattle. The, went to Seattle, and then it was Edwin Encarnacion who went to. It was it was all over the. It was Edwin Encarnacion went from Cleveland to Seattle then, and which sent Carlos Santana uh, back to the Indians. And Yandy Diaz, who was on the Indians, went to the Rays along with Cole Sulcer. So Segura to the Phillies. Carlos Santana and J.P. Crawford at the time to the Mariners. J.P. Crawford stays with the Mariners. Carlos Santana now from the Indians, from the Mariners back to the Indians. Edwin Encarnacion to the Mariners. Yandy Diaz to the Rays. It was this whole big convoluted thing, but that's basically the takeaway there. Perfect. Good job. I tried. All right, broke it down. That was... <laughs> Now let's talk about the important parts of that here, Frank, which is Gene Segura is now a member of the Phillies. And this dude, like, for being as good as he is, he's played for a lot of teams uh, in his short career, um, from the Brewers to the, to the Reds, the Brewers, the Diamondbacks, the Mariners, and now is a member of the Philadelphia Phillies. I said I was in on him, uh, and you shook your head. Yeah, you, you should be. What makes you like Gene Segura going into this year? Well, he's kind of like the forgotten man. You know, a lot of people... Forgotten son. 
Forgotten Son, uh, Gene Segura. You look at the ADP, 68, 69, he's around that range. Uh, he's one of these, you know, you get him in the fifth, sixth round of 15-team drafts. Um, but he's, you know, he's one of these guys where you could get stolen bases from him in Roto, and he doesn't kill you everywhere else. Like, he gives you a little bit of everything. I looked at this, at least a 300 batting average, 80 run score, and 20 stolen bases in each of the past three seasons. He has a 308 average during that time. That's eighth best in all of baseball. 273 runs scored. That's 21st in baseball. 75 stolen bases over the past three years. That's 11th best in all of baseball. Now, I know the stolen bases have trended downwards three years in a row. Back in 2016, he had 33 with the Diamondbacks. That went down to 22 and went down to 20 last year. But he was dealing with lower leg injuries. I believe he had an ankle. He had a shin injury at one point. And that's another thing. You can... He's going to miss some time. Like, he, he's averaged 142 games per season over the past six years, so he misses on average 20 games per year. you got to bake that in as well. But to me, Greg, he's safe for 290 batting average, 10 to 15 home runs. He doesn't kill you in the RBI department. That's where, like, normally if you want to draft a guy who gives you stolen bases, they kill you in the RBIs and the home runs. He gives you 10 to 15 home runs. He gives you 60-plus RBIs. You look at what he's done over the past three years. So I think a realistic projection for him, what I wrote down here was 290, 13 home runs, 85 runs scored, 65 RBI, 20 stolen bases. He's going to hit atop a uh, pretty good Phillies lineup, which could get even better if Bryce Harper or Manny Machado were to join this lineup. But uh, if you just look at the top right now, it's Cesar Hernandez, Gene Segura, Andrew McCutcheon, Reese Hoskins. Uh, They have a few other names there. Makes massive contact. He doesn't strike out a lot. Uh, he could be better for points leagues if he walked more, but he is a very aggressive swinger at the plate, but he also does make a lot of contact. 88% of the time, Greg, he made contact last year. That was fifth best in all of baseball. So uh, for all those reasons, I think he's safe. I think he's you know one of these guys where he'll give you 20 to 25 stolen bases and doesn't kill you in any of the power stats. What you were telling me before, Frank, is you want in those first three rounds to get speed, to get Basically, five tool players. And right? you didn't even have to take him in, in, in the third round. Well, that was what I was getting to. That he's probably not somebody that you need to grab in the third round. So if you grab a guy that is strictly power or 68, so. 68-69, that's so, very solidly in the middle of the fifth round of a 15-team draft. If you're strictly going on power in that third or fourth round, and you want to pick up a little bit, little bit of speed later on, not that much later on, but like slightly later on, that's what a guy like Gene Segura is. I think what, I, what made me like Segura the most is you kind of know what you're getting. Right, you're gonna get close to double digit home runs or, or ten to fifteen home runs, we'll call it. You're gonna get twenty to twenty five stolen bases, playing for Gabe Catler now on a Philly, a team that is going to be aggressive. We talked about yesterday, Frank, on the base paths, right? Like we think that Philly will be That's actually something that worries me. Really? Because the Phillies only the Phillies only attempted they attempted the twenty fourth most stolen bases okay. last year. Okay. So they were they were in the lower third of the sure. league. And Gabe Kapler, you know he's one of these guys where he's big on the analytics. And where have the analytics kind of like moved stolen bases over the past couple of years? They've kind of shied away from stolen bases. You know, let's it's not. It's like giving away outs. Let's not run into outs on the base paths when we have guys like McCutcheon or Reese Hoskins or, you know, if they get Bryce Harper coming up, uh, which could potentially turn a Reese Hoskins two run homer. Whereas if you run into an out on the base paths, it turns into a solo homer. Um, you know, just not giving up easy outs on the base paths. And it's not like he's had a great. Conversion ratio. No, like he's last not. Last year, 20 stolen bases, 11 caught stealing. So I understand people might have some worry in that regard. But again, I do think the fact that he was dealing with a lower leg injury kind of contributed to some of that last year. I think, personally, he's still safe for 20 to 25 stolen bases. I think so, too. Uh, and I think that's what 
It's a good, safe number. I'm not, I'm not asking for 30 to 35. 20 to 25, what you're looking for for Segura. Um, the other things, particularly in points leagues, and you pointed out, Frank, which is how much contact he makes 88% of the time, top five in all of baseball. 10.9% K rate. Well, that, it's unbelievable. The guy doesn't strike out. And I was looking today about at walk rate and K rate in general. Um, the way he doesn't walk, the fact that he also doesn't strike out was wild to me. And I was like, okay, how sustainable is that? And you go back in his career, and it's always around 15% or lower. Like he Career does, 13% K rate. He does not strike out. And if you're just a guy that's going to make contact with his feet, especially on the ground, like I'm okay with that. A guy that's going to make contact and get on base – Good things happen. And we talked yesterday about run score, and particularly Charlie Blackman, and why we may want to take him uh, over some other guys. Gene Segura basically averages 80 runs scored, it feels like, uh, on a given season. And in that lineup, which should be pretty good with Philadelphia, Segura's going to bat uh, right uh, above Cesar Hernandez, right below Cesar Hernandez. There's a lot. second as of right now. Okay. So between Cesar and McCutcheon. And there's a lot to like there with Gene Segura. Um, the OBP, also really good in, in OBP leagues. He's around a, a 300 hitter over the last couple of years. I like Gene Segura. He's just safe, and there's something to be said about a safe shortstop. We'll take a break. When we come back, the other members of this trade will break it down as best we can. Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Keith Irizarry is calling the shots If you look at this current generation LeBron took control of that young guard Wade was amazing but he was just a hair below LeBron and even LeBron was kind of ahead of Kobe once Kobe started hitting towards the end of his career and then you've got LeBron for the most part staying ahead of Kevin Durant he might beat him but he can't get over the hump of beating him all out in the factor of being best player in the NBA that happens in every generation weekdays 8pm to 11pm Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers Yeah, I just pulled that. I just did that. I thought my mic was off. Sounded like Michelle. Yeah, that's exactly what I was getting. I was going to say it out loud, though. If you'd like to wager on sports and never have, you want to try, head on over to BetDSI. They have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, and player props. We can utilize your DFS skills without salary cap constraints. 
You can even wager on esports, politics, and reality TV. Get an edge with live betting at BetDSI, where you can wager, wager virtually any time during a contest, capitalizing on in-game circumstances. There are so many ways that you can make money. Use the promo code FNTSY101 when you sign up, and you get 100% bonus deposit match. Head on over and open your account at BetDSI. That's promo code FNTSY101. Get your 100% bonus deposit match. All right, Frankie, you gave the details of the trade. The other members going over to Philadelphia, James Pazos, uh, or Pazos and Juan Nicasio, bullpen pieces um, for Philadelphia. Now, going over to Seattle, the one was staying in Seattle, was J.P. Crawford, former top prospect of Philadelphia, longtime top prospect. But the more you dove into those numbers, um, especially in the high minors, wasn't exactly a fantasy-friendly output for J.P. Crawford. Does anything change for him in Seattle from a fantasy perspective? Well, as of right now, he's not even projected to start at shortstop because they signed Tim Beckham. So for now, I mean, maybe we'll probably see J.P. Crawford at some point. Like, there's clearly something they liked about him. And you're right, he was a top prospect for a while here, probably more so known for his defense than anything. Uh, In 2017 in AAA, he did hit 15 home runs, only batted 243, but um, at the major league level, he just... He hasn't shown much in uh, in just about 225 plate appearances at the major league level. He has three home runs. He's batted 214. He strikes out a lot. Uh, he does walk a lot, which is something worth noting. But there's some guys where like it just doesn't work out. Maybe he needed a change of scenery. Maybe that'll help him out. Um, you know, maybe a team like the Mariners who are a little bit more aggressive on the base pass, like maybe like exploit some of that athleticism for him. I uh, just needed a new beginning. It wasn't working out with the Phillies. It took forever for him to make it to the major league level. They seemed, um, they seemed hesitant to ever really give him a shot. I think it won't be long in Seattle before they do give him a shot, but he hasn't really done much um, at the major league level to give us confidence. Miners, he showed a little bit of pop, but really not great batting average or stolen bases either. I, I, don't, I don't have high hopes for J.P. Cross. Neither do I, in all honesty. There's just not much here, as I said, that makes you excited about J.P. Crawford. He has not put it together in the high-level minors, in the major leagues quite yet, and there's just enough enough other guys uh, to make it work. Are you interested in Tim Beckham? I know we, we, we didn't plan on talking about Tim Beckham today. Are you interested in Tim Beckham? Not really. Okay. Um, I, he, he was injured for a lot of last year with the, uh, with the Baltimore Oreos. The year before that, kind of everything came together where I think that was the year he played for Tampa Bay and Baltimore. Yep. Hit 22 home runs that year, 278, but strikes out a lot, doesn't walk all that much either. Um, he could be an interesting source of power from the middle infield position, but uh, the batted ball profile regressed last year, didn't hit the ball all that hard. Uh, it just seems like that one year where he hit 22 home runs with the Rays and Orioles combined in 2017 is kind of the outlier in his career. I think this is one of those situations where the Mariners will give him an opportunity to play early on, and if he can produce anything, then they'll try and flip him at the deadline for whatever they can get. Um, and if that doesn't work out, if he struggles early on, then they'll just give it up to J.P. Crawford. Makes sense to me. All right, so the other part of the trade was Carlos Santana, and he was traded to Seattle, and then immediately, uh, not immediately, but close to it, uh, from Seattle over to Cleveland, uh, where Seattle picked up Edwin Encarnacion, and Carlos Santana, after a one-year hiatus, returns to the Indians. Santana's line last year, same as it is every year, where he hit 24 homers, had 80 runs scored, he had over 80 RBI, his walk rate was excellent, he didn't strike out all that much. Uh, The average, lower than it has been in the last couple of years, but the OBP, right in line where it always is, uh, around 350 to 360. The drop in average can be explained as a low Babbitt, 
Babbitt over the past, over his career is about 260 or so. Um, his Babbitt last year was 230. That's why he dropped about 20, about yeah, about 30 points here um, in average. Carlos Santana, uh, despite the age, Frank at 30, will be 33 in early April. You know what you're getting. Have you seen? Do you see any signs of decline or any signs of change that Carlos Santana owners can be expecting when they draft him? No, I mean I think you kind of rightfully outline Carlos Santana, especially for Roto. Like you know what you're going to get two forty to two sixty batting average. Points leagues is where you want him, right? Like he's much more valuable in points leagues than he is in Roto leagues. And when we say points leagues, those are leagues that you know you get a point per single. You get uh, you lose points for strikeouts. It, it's kind of comparable to, and if you haven't played fantasy baseball before, if you're transitioning from fantasy football to fantasy baseball, that might be the league that you kind of want to get into because Roto, a little bit more uh, complicated. You know, you're trying to figure out more stats. You got to figure out what you need in order to move up and move down in the standings. So um, if you're just transitioning from fantasy football to fantasy baseball, points leagues are are easier, in my opinion, and more comparable uh, but he's much better in points leagues just because of his plate discipline. He walks so much. Since 2011, when he became a full-time player, Greg, a 15.2% walk rate for Carlos Santana. That's fourth most in baseball behind Votto, Aaron Judge, who's only played the past two years, and Jose Batista. The problem is, during that same span, his batting average is 246. So for Roto, if you're a 240 to 250 batting average guy, and you give me 25 homers... Yes, the runs and RBIs are they're helpful. You know that you're going to get 80-plus out of both of those categories from Carlos Santana as long as he's in the lineup, and he is expected to hit in the middle of a pretty good Cleveland Indians lineup. Or, I mean, remember, with the guy with Santana in Cleveland, he let off for a while, and Terry yeah, Frank, Francona is still the manager there. I don't yeah. expect him to either. Lindor is probably going to lead off. I just wanted to note it, at least. Yeah, it is worth mentioning, and he was pretty good in that role just because of the OBP gets on base as much as he does, but... Francisco Lindor had an awesome, awesome season last year, um, and that was as a leadoff hitter. So I don't really see them going away from that. Roster resource right now, for what it's worth, has Lindor, Kipnis, Jose Ramirez, Carlos Santana, and then Jake Bowers, who I'm sure we'll get into as well. Yep. But the ADP for To be Carlos fair, Santana, I can very much see Carlos Santana batting two in that lineup and not Jason Kipnis. That could make sense as well. Uh, Lindor, Santana, back-to-back switch hitters. Yep. And then you have... Actually, it would be back-to-back-to-back switch hitters. With Jose Ramirez, Lindor, too. Lindor, mm-hmm. Santana, and Jose Ramirez. That could work. Uh, could drive up the run-scoring opportunities for Carlos Santana as well. The rest of this lineup, eh, not so great. What was it? Can you read the rest of the lineup? Please. They have... Uh, as of right now, they have Tyler Naquin playing right field for this team uh, as a platoon player with Jordan Luplo. And then they have Roberto Perez as the catcher. Jan Gomes is no longer there. Leonis Martin as the center fielder. Greg Allen in left field. So that's why you hear... Ugh. You hear names like Trevor Bauer and Corey Kluber floated around with uh, with the Indians because... Steve, probably they, sign Bryce Harper. They need outfield help. Probably should sign Bryce Harper. They probably should. But for whatever reason, uh, you know... Teams don't want to give out these big, long contracts right now. And, you know, we're kind of seeing that as like a trickle-down effect for all free agents. Like, it's been a slow it's been a slow offseason for, for, for the MLB and for the hot stove, which is not very hot right now. But uh, that's why it kind of makes sense for the Indians to float out a guy like Corey Kluber or Trevor Bauer just to see what you could get in return. Like, this has been an organization that just turns out pitching prospects and that, you know, these guys have turned into pretty good pitchers. Like, remember, they took Carlos Carrasco from the Philadelphia Phillies as kind of like a reclamation project, and they made him awesome. 
Corey Kluber was a guy who was a late bloomer in his career with the Indians. Came up when he was like 26, 27, and ended up being awesome. Trevor Bauer, they got from the Diamondbacks. They turned him into an awesome pitcher. Clevenger is awesome as well. And and people are, you know, getting excited about Shane Bieber, who is, you know, the last guy in this rotation. So it wouldn't surprise me one bit. I expect, I fully expect, one of Uber or Bauer to be moved at some point because they need outfield help. You know, some you've heard the the Padres as a potential landing spot for Corey Kluber. And that's because, why? The Padres have a glut of outfielders. They have a Hunter Renfro. They have a Fran Reyes. They have Franchi Cordero. They have Will Myers. They, you know, they have so many outfielders. So something between those two clubs could make sense. Uh, but just getting back to Carlos Santana, just much better in points leagues because he doesn't strike out much. He walks a lot. But for Roto, you see the NFBC ADP, 198.97. You're getting him for ba- basically nothing. The problem is... If you're a, a fantasy baseball player who likes to take a shot on like upside plays late in your draft, Carlos Santana doesn't really fit that bill. No, but... But it's based no. on roster construction. If you do have other guys on your team that are a little riskier, like if you took a lot of upside shots earlier on in the draft and you want a guy who you can pencil in for 240 to 250, 25, 80, and 80, that's Carlos Santana. It's crazy that Carlos Santana are going to pick 208 right now, which is so late. And it's crazy to me because he does what he does every year. Yeah, my draft last year, I feel like it's just boring. Like so it, it feels like you could find those guys like even later than that. Yeah. I don't even know if that's true. I don't know. I don't know. Like, let's look at who's going around him. I, yeah, I'm doing just that. Like he's going. Jose Martinez doesn't have a job as of right now with the Cardinals. Joey Wendell surprised some people last year. This is a name to watch, Greg. Who is going to be a hype guy? Garrett Hampson with the Colorado Rockies was a hot name prospect for the Rockies last year. Stole a ton of bases in the minor leagues. And I do believe, as of right now, he's he does have a starting role with the Colorado Rockies. Where? Uh, but with everybody trying to find stolen bases... Where are they starting Garrett Hampson? Second base? Because D.J. LeMahieu isn't there anymore? They're not starting Murphy there? Starting Murphy Murphy's going to play first base. Okay. I think, yeah, as of right now, they have Daniel Murphy at first. They have Garrett Hampson at second base. They have Trevor Story at short. And they have Ian Desmond in the outfield. And uh, Ryan McMahon and Ryan Tapia are kind of the odd names out with David Dahl starting in right field. So, Garrett Hampson, who's going after Carlos Santana right now, that is a name to watch out for. It's funny. What are you looking, where are you looking at Russell, um, NFBC from? So I'm looking, the dates if you, you just saying? write NFBC ADP in Google. No, I, I have it up. I, I go from what January, are dates? January 1st. And we're looking at the same thing, and I have Garrett Hampson actually going 20 spots higher. January Santana. 1st, 2019 to 1-23-2019. Greg, do you have that? I have found the problem. <laughs> you found the problem. What was, what was your end date in the ADP? Uh, correct. It was the beginning date, which was 0101. 2018. 2018. Great. <laughs> no, that was not helpful at all. Um, Carl Santana going 189, not 206. You know who's comparable to Carl Santana who goes right around him? Corey Dickerson. Yeah. Right? Like Corey Dickerson's still going to have a role with the, uh, with the Pittsburgh Pirates. You can argue has a better batting average uh, upside there. But kind of similar players. You know? So have you brought him up? Because that gave me an opportunity to bring up Lonnie Schickensenhall. Well, I'm excited oh, about God. it. Lonnie Baseball? Where Very is he excited. playing now? Playing in Pittsburgh with Corey Dickerson. He'll play every day. Is he going to? Yeah, man. Yo, yo, he crushes righties. Don't do this. You know who loved Lonnie Chisholm Hall? Nando and I both love Lonnie Chisholm Hall. <laughs> Nando loved Lonnie Baseball. When La- I love is, is his nickname, Lonnie Baseball. When I texted, when Lonnie... There's always like a two-week stretch every year where Lonnie Chisholm Hall takes over He's baseball. He's great. And then he sucks for the rest of the year. When he... um. When Lonnie Chisholm signed with Pittsburgh, I texted Nando, and he was so excited. 
Nando loves these reclamation projects too, right? Like, what, what was the dude? He was Garrett hurt Cooper. All year last year. Oh, Garrett he, he Cooper, who was on the Yankees a couple of years ago. Now with the Miami Marlins. Man, Lonnie Chisenhall just needs a chance to play. Oh, my God. I like Lonnie Chisenhall, man. Pirates lineup, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. Lonnie have Ch you looked at the Pirates lineup yet, Greg? Yeah, of course I have. Oh, my goodness. Jung Ho Gong back in baseball. I'm so pumped for Lonnie Chisenhall. You know what? You know who I do like on the Pirates? And we're just kind of jumping all around. Chiz? The place, but why not? Um, Elias Diaz. How come? Elias Diaz, the catcher yeah, last yeah. year, who, you know, in a small sample size, he played like the final two or three months of the season where he was an everyday player. Francisco Cervelli was dealing with injuries. Good batting average. He hit like 10 or 12 home runs. Like, the batted ball profile looked good for him as well. I'm really, really hoping that Francisco Cervelli gets shipped out here because uh, his name has been floated out there in trade rumors. One problem was, uh, one of those rumors was the Dodgers, and they traded for Russell Martin, but uh, the Dodgers have, have also still been in on Rio Muto. I just really hope that Cervelli gets shipped out not that Cervelli's bad, because you know he is what he is. Like he was, it, Cervelli was one of these launch angle guys last year who was actively trying to lift the ball more, and it worked out for him. But Elias Diaz was a guy who uh, was a little bit excited about last year based on what he did in a small sample. Do they have any prospects that are like ready? No. What's going on with the Pirates organization? I don't know. They're an interesting organization because last year you would have thought they would be sellers, and they end up buying Chris Archer. They thought, there was value, they thought there was value there. I like Chris Archer, too. I told you that this morning. I actually ended up taking him. Did you? I took him, okay. yeah, in my, uh, in my best ball. I took him at the end of the seventh round as my third starting pitcher off the board. Good. Um, all right, let's go back to the Indians here, and actually back to the Rays as well, where you said Carlos Santana right now projected to hit right in front of Jake Bowers. He bursted on the scene last year for Tampa, and we thought this was potentially a long-term solution at first base for the Rays, ultimately not to be. Bowers goes to Cleveland, effectively replacing Edwin Encarnacion in the lineup. What do you think about Jake Bowers in 2019? So, Jake Bowers, I was a little, I was a little thrown off, frankly, that the uh, that the Tampa Bay Rays gave up on him a little bit too quickly. But the Rays are one of these forward-thinking organizations. So, if there's something that they saw in Jake Bowers last year that kind of put him off him, I kind of trust Tampa Bay, just based on what they've done over the past okay. years with like. Going to the opener and, and zigging when everyone else is zagging. It's almost like Tampa Bay can't afford to get that one wrong. Like they have to get yeah, it. Yeah, right. Like he was he was one of their top hitting prospects for a while, right? Yeah. And he was a guy that we talked about before the season last year. Sure. Who from the first base position offers some stolen base upside, could have been like a 15-15 guy, uh, possibly got there, saw some stolen bases at the minor league level. Um, I really liked his eye at the plate at the minor league level, consistently over 10% walk rate. Career 361 OBP in the minors. Uh, the problem, here's, here's the problem, Greg. Okay. Last year, he hit 201 at the major league level. 27% mm -hmm. strikeout rate. Now, you look at, and, in, and this is where we'll kind of explain some of these numbers. BABIP. BABIP is batting average on balls in play. It's kind of predictive for actual batting average. So, so he hit 201 last year with a 252 BABIP. And the reason why the batting average was much lower than the BABIP was because he struck out 27% of the time. But based on his 40% hard hit rate, so he's hitting the ball hard, but the balls that he's hitting were not leading to hits based on his 252 BABIP. Why was that? So you look into that, and why was that happening? He pulled the ball 51% ball of the time. He's a lefty who doesn't hit lefties well, who hit 176 against lefties, who was getting just hitting the ball hard, but into the shift all the time. This is where baseball is going. 
And I think that's kind of like why you see the Yankees not signing a lot of left-handed bats. Right. Is that they want an all-righty lineup. It's because it's a little bit harder to shift against righties nowadays. And and righties can hit both righties and lefties. Like, that's the hitters that they're trying. Like, they bring in a guy like DJ LeMahieu, a guy who can hit both righties and lefties. And I think that's where baseball is going right now, where if you're a lefty, you, great, you hit the ball hard. Look at Jake Bowers. It's his first year in the majors, and he hit the ball hard over 40% of the time. That's a very good mark. But his bad was 252 because he's hitting it into the shift every single time, which led to a 201 batting average, and he struck out a lot. So I think that kind of put, that opened up the eyes of the Rays, and they're like, this isn't going to work. Like, this isn't where baseball is going right now. So they try and take a reclamation project of their own in Yandy Diaz, who, if they can help him learn how to lift the ball a little bit, because right now he crushes the ball. He hits the ball extremely hard. The problem is it's into the ground every single time. He hits a ton of ground balls, so... If you teach this guy how to hit line drives, even line drives, that's all you need from him. And then he could potentially be a 300 hitter and he'll, he'll hit a ton of doubles, kind of like a Yuli Gurriel. Like, you get that out of him. And if you've seen pictures of Yandy Diaz after the trade, this guy is yoked up, Greg. Like, he, he has power there. You just kind of need to get it out of him. I think that's the way that baseball is trending right now, and that's why you see a team like the Rays give up on Jake Bauer so early on. Okay, there you go. Good analysis there from Frank Stanfield. When we come back, there was another Indian that was traded to the Indians last offseason. Now he's not with the Braves. We'll talk about Josh Donaldson and what we think of him going forward when we come back. More from your fantasy best friends forever right after this. If you're someone that needs fantasy sports advice every day, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network has you covered. When you download the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app, you get the top fantasy advice every single day right through the weekend. Be sure to listen to our weekend warriors like College Football Today. Welcome to College Football Today Weekend Fantasy Update. They call me the fantasy Jesus. In this league, it is never short of exciting at ITL. And so much more. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app in the iTunes and Google Play Store now. And keep the best fantasy experts right in your pocket all day long and all week long. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Rain dance! Make it rain. I could not be happier that Mariano Rivera is the first player unanimously voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame finally. But hey, where's the conflict, Joe? Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens once again. Guys who, by the way, have never been found guilty of anything, have never failed a drug test. How am I supposed to take the Hall of Fame seriously without those two guys in the Hall of Fame? Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. She paints her nails, but she don't know. 
got a best friend on the phone. She walks her hand, her dirty clothes. And all he sees is her. Here's his pictures on the wall. All the girls like before. And he knows all her favorite songs. Her boyfriend. He, he don't, don't know anything about, about her. He's too stoned. Nintendo. Nintendo. <laughs> I wish that I could make her see. Look, I, can, I can never question why people hate us week. again. Ba-na-na. That was a group. That was a group. That was a group single. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I've heard the song a million times. I don't I don't know the words. Do you know who sings it? I'm happy it was uh, Greg Sussman and Producers Co. Yeah, as like a, a little band, a little makeshift band. There, it was a little, great. A little trio. Do you know who sings that song? No. Alex, I assume you know. No what? It kind of sounds like a Blink One Eighty Two type. No, it, that is. Uh, is that all time low? That is not all time low. That is American Hi-Fi. I knew it was Flavor of the Week. American Hi-Fi. Flavor of the Week. He's just the flavor of the week. It's cool because it was like Flavor of the Week, but it was not of the week, but like week W. I liked when the line about like calling a best friend on the phone. Like, oh, that's me. It is. The DailyRoto.com partnership with Data Golf is back for 2019 with all new premium fantasy golf and betting tools. Check out the all new line of Optimizer with custom settings and advanced grouping, customizable projections for FanDuel and DraftKings, ownership projections, PGA finish probabilities and simulator, outright and top 20 market betting tools, head to head and three ball betting tools, PGA Pro Tip, subscriber chats, and more. Head on over to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, choose golf, and enter the promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. That's DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, click on Golf. Enter the promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. Promo code is GOLF19. Okie dokie, Frank. So, in September last year, the Indians traded for... Are people killing me in the chat? So it's, is that what's happening? You have a bright smile on your no, face. No, it's just me. All right, cool. Great. It's just, no one said anything, Greg. All right, make it sure. <laughs> So last September, after missing almost the entire season with an injury, uh, Josh Donaldson was traded over to Cleveland and became their starting third baseman uh, into the playoffs. Ultimately, he turned that into a $23 million one-year contract with the Atlanta Braves, where he is slated to bat second, I believe, in that Braves lineup directly behind Ronald Acuna. Donaldson, one year uh, at age 33, is a starting third baseman in Atlanta. Are you buying Frank Stample? No. Okay. I'm not buying Josh Donaldson based on his current ADP at 99, right around pick 100. Look, if Josh Donaldson does bounce back this year, it's going to be on somebody else's team. It's not going to be on mine. I don't know that there's a player going inside the top 100 picks. Uh, Maybe like Adalberto Mondesi is one of those guys too, who has a wider range of outcomes and possibilities than Josh Donaldson. It's just, it's hard to look at anything he's done last year, the past couple of years, and kind of build that into your projection for this year because it's all relative to whether or not he's over this shoulder injury because it's obvious that that hampered his play last year, uh, could easily hamper his play this year if that shoulder was still a thing. If you remember watching him last year, he couldn't even throw the ball across a diamond. He's a third baseman. He was three-hopping the ball to first base. So um, it's going to be completely health-related for Josh Johnson. Is it possible that he bounces back and it's 270 with 30 home runs and 90 RBIs? Yeah, it's certainly possible. Would Would I say it's probable? Probably not. I don't... I don't think it's very likely. You know, it's just around that range. Um, I'll take some of these other guys. You know, we'll get into Encarnacion as well, who's on Seattle for now, and he'll probably end up somewhere else. But he's going something like 30 picks later. I, I'd rather do that. Like, I'd rather take the savings, the discount on Encarnacion 
30 picks later, um, just because I'm pretty sure I know what I'm going to get from Encarnacion at that point, whereas Josh Donaldson, you're kind of hoping Josh Donaldson just does what Edwin Encarnacion does, right? Just, like, with a better batting average. So uh, there's just too much risk built into uh, Donaldson for me, Greg. He's missed 159 games over the past two seasons. Yeah, it's a full I, baseball season. What was so good about Josh <laughs> Donaldson for his MVP season and, and then a couple of years uh, before and after that was he played in 155 games in all four of those seasons. 158, 158, 158, and 155. And he was uber consistent, uh, hitting about 30 home runs or more in all of those seasons. His first two years with the Blue Jays, I mean, he was just ridiculous, right? With all, over 100 runs scored, over 100 RBIs. An average that was very good. Um, the OBP that was even better. I mean, he was fantastic. But at 33 years old now, the injuries have certainly seemed to catch up. I think Frank hit the nail on the head when he said, hey, when you can get Edwin Encarnacion two to three rounds later, and those numbers are pretty much what you're hoping Josh Donaldson gives you, why wouldn't you rather have an Edwin Encarnacion? I agree with you. Uh, I like Ed E. And we've seen that if you have legitimate power, as a guy like Edwin Encarnacion does, and he does stay in Seattle, it's not like a black hole, right? Like Nelson Cruz was always fine in Seattle. So I think that... Pretty comparable players, too. Exactly. So I think there is something to say about Edwin Encarnacion not just completely falling off a cliff himself. If Josh Donaldson, if you were telling me he was going to play 155 games, I would buy it. I would be in on Josh Donaldson. But I think the Braves signed him not even expecting that either because they have third base options behind him. A guy like Johan Camargo played very well last year yes, for he the did. Braves. So I think Josh Donaldson is going to be kind of one of these maintenance guys for the Braves. You know... Kind of close to like what's going on with Kawhi Leonard with the Toronto Raptors right now. Maybe not to that same extent, but would it surprise me if Josh Donald is sitting out a game or two per week to try and keep him healthy to maximize his value? So should we just call him, so we'll call him Kawhi? Kawhi Donaldson. Yeah, perfect. I like it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's my realistic expectation. He's not going to be on my team. Okay. If he goes off, he's going to be on someone else's team. Kawhi Donaldson it is. See, no back-to-backs. <laughs> no back-to-backs. Well, it's pretty hard in baseball not to play back to be That would be a bit of an issue for sure. Kawhi Leonard, by the way... <laughs> Gosh. Is he playing tonight? No. And I drafted him. Is he playing tonight either? I drafted him in one of my home leagues, Greg, in a weekly league. And it kills you in a weekly league because you can't even fill someone else in his spot. You have to play him. Like, what's going on with Kawhi Leonard? Got nothing for you. He hasn't played two, two, three games in a row now? Four, I think. Four in a row? Yeah. They're saying he's expected to return on Friday, but... Come on. (laughs) What's crazy is... The, the games where the Raptors don't play him, they win! So, well, like, it's kind of justified. That's why they keep doing it. It's kind of justified. They keep winning games without him. And I think that kind of uh, speaks volumes to, uh, was it Nick Nurse there? Mm-hmm. I think it speaks volumes to the job that Nick Nurse has done with his team this year in terms of the development with guys like Pascal Siakam, uh, Serge Ibaka has had a bounce back here. I don't know how we got into, like, Kawhi Leonard, but yeah, it just kind of frustrates me. Kawhi Donaldson. Is how Kawhi Donaldson. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything else on Edwin Encarnacion? Yeah, I have a lot on Edwin Encarnacion, oh, actually. Okay. Uh, one, 126.8 ADP right now. Just barely has first base eligibility. He played 23 games there last year. Since 2012, 263 home runs. That's the most in baseball. Uh, extremely consistent. Only hit 32 last year, but he played 137 games. So uh, if he played 150, he's probably still in that 35, 36 home run range. Uh, he is 36 years old. So I understand people who might have a bit of a worry, but you're getting a pretty big discount. On, uh, on Encarnacion this year uh, at pick, you know, 125, 130, whereas in years past, I remember last year I took him on the 4-5 swing in a 15-team league, so there, you know, you're spending... 60, pick 60 you know, or so, yeah. 60, pick 65. Mm-hmm. He's going double that, and, you know, he's a guy who has power that it doesn't matter where he goes. His power is going to travel. 
I understand people might have uh, concerns about him because the average and the strikeouts have been going the wrong way three years in a row now. And I do think that there's a chance at some point that like he could just fall off a cliff. I don't think that he's there yet. He's one of only 14 players last year who were part of the 40-40 club. You remember the 40-40 club from last year, Greg? 40% hard hit rate, 40% fly ball rate. So that means pretty consistently you can expect a, a, favor, um, a fair amount of home runs from said player. So he was one of only 14 players who have a batted ball profile who looked like that. I still believe in the power. I think a fair projection for him, 240, uh, 32 to 35 home runs, 90-plus RBIs, and you're getting that you know, 25 to 30 picks later than Josh Donaldson. Okay, there you go. Josh Donaldson going earlier than Edwin Encarnacion. Just stay in Seattle. For now. I think Jerry would have traded him already. Yeah. I think for now he does. He's not going to get traded before spring training or before the season? I'll say no. He could be a guy that's moved at like the deadline. Or which earlier. I think makes sense. Or earlier. I'm just trying to figure out. He will not out, last the season in Seattle. I'm trying to figure out if I'm worried enough about the Mariners lineup to the point where it affects Hanniger. Because I was the fair question. I was debating taking Hanniger last night in this best ball draft as my outfield too. I ended up going with Tommy Pham instead. You love pretty, Tommy Pham. Pretty excited about Tommy Pham this year. Same. Uh, he's a guy who just crushes the ball, hits it extremely hard. So hard. And he does walk a lot as well. Also strikes out a decent bit, but uh, man, based on what he did with Tampa Bay last year, doesn't have to worry about being on the Cardinals this year, worrying about when he's going to play. He's going to play every single day with the Tampa Bay Rays. So I took uh, Pham over Hanniger, but I was debating those two guys. Hanniger did a lot of great things last year. Should we worry about the Mariners lineup, Greg? On paper, I don't think it's as bad. It's kind of crazy just looking at Tommy Pham for just a second now. Yeah. Like, I was looking at hard hit rate, and obviously he was very high up there. Um, but I remember people being disappointed with Tommy Pham. Maybe it was just the Cardinals being disappointed. He literally had the same exact year he had the year before. Like, or he had 10 less stolen bases, but everything else is literally the same. It's crazy. Yeah, and he steals bases. You want to talk about trying to find stolen bases? It's, Tommy Pham's a guy who's going to give you 20 he to 30 to hit? bases. Lead off? What? Where's he hitting? Um, yeah, he'll probably hit at the top, you know, first or second in the lineup, just based on how much he walks. I think that's fair. That's cool. Uh, I don't, I don't know if he'll be in the middle of that lineup. I do think a guy like, like G Man Choi is going to bat in the middle of the Rays lineup. Hilarious. As of now, they have uh, Kevin Kiermeyer, Tommy Pham, Joey Wendell, Avisail Garcia, who was just. I like, love Avisail Garcia. And then towards the bottom of the lineup, you do have some upside plays here: Willie Adamas batting sixth, Austin Meadows batting seventh. So. Some interesting names here for the Tampa Bay Rays. All right, definitely. And, and they yeah. traded for Mike Zanino. Speaking of... You, man, they're one of these teams that, like, when everyone is doing one thing, they just go the other way. It's crazy. Speaking of interesting names, the Atlanta Braves, before we move off of them, the Atlanta Braves re-signed one of their own yesterday, re-signing Nick Markakis mm. for one year, $6 million, uh, and taking themselves out of the running uh, for Bryce Harper. Markakis made it the first all-star team of his career last year, but over a resurgence in Atlanta, good clubhouse guy. More importantly, he was a good fantasy guy last year. For years, people have slept on Markakis. I know Florio was pumping him up last year, saying, hey, in points league, this guy's good. He doesn't strike out. He makes a lot of contact. And I was like, it's a lot of doubles. And he was great early on in the season. It looked like he was kind of buying into like hitting more fly balls and trying to hit for more power and hit home runs. But it kind of, it tailed off. It tailed off in a big way in the second half. Like second half, Nick Markakis was classic Markakis. Great batting average. Again, makes a lot of contact, but just not enough power or anything else really to sustain value in a rotisserie league. In a points league, it's different because he doesn't strike out, so you don't lose points for that. He has good plate discipline. He still walks. He hits a lot of doubles. So for all those reasons, and he, you know, he hits in a good lineup with the Atlanta Braves. So for all those reasons, he's still fine for points leagues. I think the biggest takeaway and what kind of influences fantasy most here with the, with the re-signing of Nick Markakis is 
yesterday it was announced via David O'Brien, beat writer for the mm-hmm. Atlanta Braves, mm-hmm. that uh, uh, Snitker, the manager of the Braves, is is leaning toward a lineup with Ender Inciarte, Josh Donaldson, Freddie Freeman, Acuna, Acuna, and then Marquecas fifth. And why is that so influential in fantasy baseball? Last year, Ronald Acuna did most of his damage as a leadoff hitter for the Atlanta Braves. He had a 1,043 OPS as the leadoff hitter of the Braves. 14 of his 16 stolen bases came in that leadoff spot, whereas in all the other um, spots in the lineup, he only had two stolen bases. And his OPS was much better as a leadoff hitter than everywhere else. So uh, as of right now, it looks like Acuna is going to bat cleanup for the Braves, which might limit his stolen base upside. All right, good, good little tidbit there uh, from Frankie Stanfield. With that, we're going to sign off at YouTube for today. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Appreciate you watching. Uh, like, subscribe, and rate us both uh, on YouTube and on iTunes. Leave a comment as well, both on our YouTube chat, uh, on our video, and, of course, on iTunes. Fantasy Football Frenzy comes your way next. Corey Parson, Jim Day, and Chris Venture. We go another four minutes or so here, Frankie. I know we want to talk about Daniel Murphy, but is there anything else with the, I guess, Phillies or the Braves or the Mariners or the Indians? Anything else you wanted to hit on those kind of four teams where we've circled around that? Uh, no. Uh, just, again, touching on the Mariners lineup. I, I'm currently weighing whether I think it's good enough. I, I personally, I do think it's, I think it's okay. Like, they have Malik Smith. They still have D. Gordon. They have Mitch Hanniger. They have Kyle Seeger. They have Encarnacion for now. I don't think the Mariners lineup is as bad as, like, at first glance. Like, if you assume that they're going to trade Encarnacion away, I get it, but... Uh, I do think the Mariners lineup could be okay. That was one of the main takeaways here. I spoke about the Tampa Bay Rays lineup a little bit with Yandy Diaz. Uh, Yandy Diaz, as of right now, I think they have him starting in the minor leagues. Yeah, they do not have him on the major leagues. That's what they have uh, Mm -hmm. right now on roster research. I'd be surprised. I think I'd be surprised if he's not starting somewhere for the Rays this year, whether it's third base or first base or, or designated hitter. Well, not designated hitter because they signed Garcia for a reason. But uh, yeah, I'd be surprised if they don't, um, if, the, if Yandy Diaz is not up there. They're probably, maybe they'll take some time in the minors to uh, kind of work out these kinks and kind of uh, do whatever they want to do to his swing in order for mm-hmm. him to like get a little bit more lift in that swing. So maybe, you know, we see him a little bit later on. But I mean, he's going like in the 400 right now in ADP. Yandy Diaz. Then. Do you want to use an opportunity to talk about your guy, Charlie Morton? Charlie Morton? I, I haven't really looked into Charlie Morton enough. <laughs> Frank has asked me for like four days in a row, can we talk about Charlie Morton? Yeah. And, be, and because you keep shooting me down, Correct. I haven't been able to like really done a deep dive on Charlie Morton yet. The biggest thing with Charlie Morton, he goes on over to the Tampa Bay Rays, who obviously got the most out of Blake Snell. He was a Cy Young Award winner last year. They got the, the most out of their openers, you might say, I don't know why as well. In quotes, they are openers. Yeah, it's, I mean, not, it's not openers, it's an opener. Know. They're openers. No, they, they're, they're openers. No, no. Yeah. I mean, it's not like... a. Opener is not a legit term. It is for like, sure. They made it. They made it a thing. That's why it's now. In, in now it's a thing, though. Closer yeah. wasn't a thing until it was a thing. Yeah, now it's a thing. We'll see if opener is more of a thing this year. Oh, I mean, will they? 100%. They, don't go, they don't go out and sign a Charlie Morton because they want more openers. No, no. Charlie Morton won't be an opener, nor will Blake Snell. But right now, the question will be: Will Tyler Glasnow be an? Will Tyler Glasnow get an opener? Oh, uh, Ryan Yarbrough and y- Ryan Yarbrough and Yoni Trinidad had openers all season long. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens when guys like um, Brett Honeywell come back, when guys like Faria came back last year, right? Faria, yeah, he, he, was, was, he was in the rotation last year. Wasn't he traded? He was terrible. Was he traded for you? I don't think he was. What are you wrong? He's not on the team anymore. Uh, no, he's still on the, the race. No, they have him in the minor leagues. Okay. At least roster research. 
So they're getting Brent Honeywell back. They're getting Jose De Leon back. And they're getting Anthony Banda back. Three guys they wanted to be starting pitchers for them. So it happens ultimately. Yeah, I don't think the opener was like a long-term thing. I think they were just I don't know, trying I to find ways last year. It's very interesting. It's very, it was very successful. But I need though. to figure out with Charlie Morton is what the, the adjustments that the Houston Astros made to him as a starting pitcher, will they translate to another team? I don't think he's just going to forget everything that he learned while he was with Houston because Houston's very throw as hard as you can, mm-hmm. fastball velocity, the spin rate on the curveball, so on and so forth. But, uh, you know, is he going to is he gonna have the, the right stuff, Greg, to get that spin rate back? Because, you know, guys like Trevor Bauer speculate that the Astros have kind of a hidden substance that they use to get that spin rate. Uh, I think it'll be interesting, man. So I, I got to look into that a little bit more. Jalen Beeks, another name to pay attention to. Yeah, that's right. They, uh, they traded for Jalen Beeks last year yep. mm-hmm. in that Eovaldi trade from Boston, who uh, performed very well in the minors as a starting pitcher and now comes in here. He was kind of used as that, like, they would have an opener and then he would pitch like three or four innings. So they were using him in that way. I think he's another name to pay attention to as well. With that, we say goodbye for now. The Fantasy Football Frenzies up next. Corey Parson, Jim Day, Chris Ventura, they'll have you covered for the next hour or so. For Frankie Stample, I'm Greg Sussman. Dr. A will join us tomorrow on the program, so look forward to that. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you tomorrow. We hope.